protein powders that you get just on your own, like the whey proteins, like I mentioned, the thing that I find problematic with them is that you just get protein, um, which is the reason why they're selling it is that, you, you know, you just quote unquote get the protein. But you don't get a lot of the benefits of a lot of other high protein foods that you would otherwise put into a smoothie or a protein shake. So things like nuts and seeds um, that you might put in like flax seeds or sometimes people put peanut butter in their smoothies or yogurt, that all of those things have, you know, other health benefits to just protein. Welcome to the Art and Science of Eating. I'm Jessica Begg, Registered Dietitian and Clinical Counselor. I worked for 15 years in programs for the treatment of eating disorders. I now help those that struggle with emotional eating and their relationship with their body. This podcast is where I answer questions to help people along this bumpy journey to creating peace with both food and their body. Hello and welcome to Episode 8 of the Art and Science of Eating. The weather has been beautiful out here in Vancouver as of when I'm recording this, which is about two weeks before I publish it, which is important to know because it'll probably start raining again. But this is the f- my favorite time of the year. The cherry blossoms are out. And right now it's kind of in the second round of the cherry blossoms and magnolia trees here in Vancouver. And the second later kind of blooming cherry trees are got- have got this really beautiful pink color. So this is just my absolute favorite, favorite time of the year. The winter was a really long one as it was for everyone. And so I'm ready for a change of season and I hope that you are. And I hope you've gotten some enjoyment out of hearing some of people's stories so far and the questions, of course, that they have. As I've really enjoyed answering them so far, I really enjoy hearing people's stories. So that was the main impetus for starting this podcast. I feel incredibly honored to be present to hear people's stories, and yet they're not sharing them with anyone else. So I hope that this space, even though you're on the listening side, is that you can feel like you're pulling a chair up to hear what someone is struggling with and that I can try to be a bit of a guide through these tunnels um, that you're going through and maybe seeing how um, somebody else is going through similar tunnels. And and that me being your guide is simply by virtue of having given a flashlight um, that I guess I would call my education and that I've been through this tunnel many, many times, but that we're all here together. So that's what I'm, I'm really enjoying this part of the podcast. This week's question actually comes from my older sister, who is one of my number one fans, which is funny because I wouldn't have necessarily thought that as a child because we fought a lot. But uh, funnily enough, I was watching TikTok and found these sibling TikToks. I don't know if you guys have been on there, but I love it. Um, TikTok. And uh, that they had this sibling TikTok where it really just epitomized my relationship with my siblings, whereas there's so much black and whiteness about it where we can completely be go from one point of just being in their face, um, bugging them to the next moment, immediately asking them if they wanted something from Dairy Queen because you're on your way. Um, so I thought I was the only one that had that kind of relationship with my siblings, but I see apparently not. Um, so this week's question comes from my older sister who she calls herself Celeste, which is really funny because it's not her real name. But when she submitted her question, she used her, uh, her actual email address. So I'm not quite sure why she used, um, 
why she used her real email she didn't want me to know like why she didn't use a burner email um and if she didn't care that i knew who it was why did she use a fake name but it's all good <laughs> i welcome all questions and i really welcome yours too um and i and this question that she asked is a really good one because it does come up in my office really quite frequently so her question quote unquote celeste asks um are protein shakes healthy so what I want to talk about first is kind of the just general pros and cons as I see them. Um, and then we'll go into a little bit more spoiler alert of why I don't think that they're helpful for my clients in particular that struggle with uncontrolled eating or binge eating at times. And why, you know, why I see that this is a common um, issue where it's not very helpful. So first for, first things first, let's talk about what they are. So there's kind of two varieties I see is that there's protein shakes that are, you know, they're kind of being sold as meal replacements. They've got a little bit more than just protein in it. So some examples of that might be like Vega you may have seen, or even the kind of more medicalized ones that we use in the hospital, like Boost or Ensure, you can find that at pharmacies. Um, and then there's, and there's the diet options um, that are, somewhat similar but um you know ideal protein is an example of that premier protein not like i want to be giving <laughs> brand names out there because i don't want you to ultimately to be used them but i want you to know what, what we're talking about and then the other kind of common ones are just straight up protein so things like a whey protein or a pea protein of that kind of sort so people are using both um and so what I find is there's so there's pros and cons is the pro is that they're easy to eat um often people are using them in the morning so it's if you're not really that hungry or you don't have that much time you know you can take them with you uh like I said they're easy to eat or drink you can kind of just grab them and go I find that they're also a very good conduit to get in fruits and veggies so people will be blending these um protein powders for instance into like a smoothie the cons, though, is that these protein shakes and protein powders are not regulated. So um, we don't really know what's in them. Um, the the protein powders that you get just on your own, like the whey proteins, like I mentioned, the thing that I find problematic with them is that you just get protein, um, which is the reason why they're selling it is that, you you know, you just quote unquote get the protein. But you don't get a lot of the benefits of a lot of other high protein foods that you would otherwise put into a smoothie or protein shake. So things like nuts and seeds um, that you might put in like flax seeds or sometimes people put peanut butter in their smoothies or yogurt, that all of those things have, you know, other health benefits to just protein. So like yogurt would have vitamin D and calcium and flax seeds would have omega-3s and fiber, same things with nuts. Then the issue with the ones that are more kind of complete that aren't just the protein powders is that this dried product that's just been sitting on the shelf we don't really know how much nutrition is actually left you know as we process a lot of shelf instable fruits and vegetables we degrade a lot of the nutrition by cooking drying and making it um, shelf stable biggest issues with protein shakes is that 
they're not meal replacements. They're not true meal replacements. Um, often the calorie amount is too small, so there it's not enough volume of food. And the impact of that is that people will think that they're a real meal replacement because literally it says it's a meal replacement on there, is that they have unplanned hunger so that they feel like, you know, I, I ate something in the morning, being that it's not enough. And they tend to maybe chase their hunger all day or even if they don't feel hungry, it kind of almost catches up to them at the end of the day. So then then that's where the typical time where uncontrolled eating comes up is because now we're tired, there's an open space, um, food is now available. And so that becomes kind of a a more um, sensitive time. The remedy for that is that I would ensure that you have a larger mid-morning snack. So you could, if you're not really, if you're using these shakes as kind of a breakfast thing, is just know that it's about half of a, of a breakfast, like half of a meal size. So if you make up the difference in a larger mid-morning snack, you can kind of add that up to be about a breakfast. And what I would focus on getting in is that you get in a grain. So something like one or two pieces of toast with maybe peanut butter on it. But the important part is the toast. So that kind of leads into my second point of why I don't really like protein shakes in particular for my clients is that because it's not a balanced meal. Protein shakes have protein in it, as you know, as they, as we know, and they, we could kind of call some of the additives or some of the additional things in a protein shake as perhaps a fruit or vegetable. And so the missing component to make it a meal is that it doesn't have the starch component, the the carbohydrate component, or enough carbohydrates. So this is my biggest, biggest beef about um, protein shakes is that we do not need this much protein. And I'll get into that a little bit more in a second. But 99%, I would say 95 to 99% of my clients are not eating enough carbohydrates. They're not eating any starches or grains or enough. If they are eating some, it's not enough. This is the number one issue that the diet industry has created with my clients is that it used to be low fat and now it's low carbs and low carbs has been, you know, this low carb craze has been going on for a really long time and I think it's been holding strong because the low carb diet magically has some really expensive thing like to so by doing low carb it means that we need more protein and weight yes there's this super expensive product that you can buy so I think that that's the large um, push behind maintaining this high protein low carbohydrate type way of eating let me talk about numbers here for a second. So if you don't want to hear numbers, then fast forward maybe about a minute. But let me let me t- talk about numbers a little bit just so you can understand what I what I mean. Um, and these are very general numbers. So I wouldn't I let's just talk about it in, for illustrative purposes, because this isn't going to be perfect for every person, but it's going to capture, you know, a good majority of people that are probably listening. Is let's say that the average woman needs somewhere between 55 to maybe 80 grams of protein and maybe the average man needs about 65 to 100 grams of protein and the difference is, is because of difference in terms of heights typically men are taller than women and muscle mass um, so men have more muscle so they'll have more protein needs so if you're a tall woman that's very active then you might go more into the the male needs and if you're a smaller man that's not as active then 
Anthony might kind of go closer into the um, women's needs. So they kind of overlap in terms of my estimates. So about 55 to 80 for women and about 65 to 100 ish grams of protein per day for men. So you can see it kind of overlaps there. Let's say, um, you know, six ounces of of a chicken breast. So that's kind of like a stereotypical um, high protein component of, you know, the the fitness person's um, intake. So six ounces of a chicken breast is 52 grams. So if, you know, the average female, let's say we split the middle is getting in there about 65-ish, seven, yeah, 65-ish grams of protein, very quickly that you're, you know, with just that one chicken breast, you're pretty darn close with meeting all of your protein needs. And the thing is, is that you actually get protein, not just in what we think as like meat and meat alternatives, you actually get other protein and other sources. So things like rice, you'll get another five grams of rice, say if you had, you know, chicken, with rice and vegetables, you'll get a little bit of protein and vegetables, kind of pretty minimal, but, you know, five grams out of that, another 52 from the chicken breast. And then that's just one meal. So I'm assuming that maybe somebody, if we go back to that, you know, smoothie in the morning, they're going to have, you know, the way that I like smoothies, I like milk and yogurt and fruit in my smoothie. So I'm going to get another, you know, good, maybe 15 grams out of that one with maybe peanut butter and toast. So again, like another 10 maybe there. So very easily within two meals, I'm already getting my protein requirements for the day. We don't need to be adding in protein powders in order to meet your protein needs. The thing is, is is that we really need to be and I should I should qualify this is is too is is particularly if you are um, um if you eat meat fish or dairy that's going to be super super easy to to meet your protein requirements. If you're vegan, you, you have to be a little bit more conscientious. You'd have to make sure that you're getting protein at all of your meals. Where a meat eater would probably you're not even properly as a meat eater you really only need to think about making sure that you've got protein like an actual meat or meat alternative at two of your meals but a a vegan would would make sure that at all meals that they have some sort of you know bean or lentil or tofu or soy milk or something or uh, um, nuts um, kind of at all of the meals so but the biggest gap is what you can see is if you're meeting all of your protein needs and you're eating tons and tons more of protein what's being missed and this is my my issue is that what's being missed is carbohydrates so that people are eating more and more meat but not enough starches and grains so back to my example of the breakfast if you want to keep the protein powder if you like you like having a quick easy breakfast and you want to just keep that i would say you could you could swap it out for some of those protein foods that have the extras in it and just ditch the protein powders entirely that's what i suggest for for my clients is just add in like i said flax seeds or maybe a peanut butter or like i i like just the yogurt and milk and that's enough protein and then have a one or two pieces of toast depending on how hungry you are in the morning or that mid-morning snack and then that rounds out your meal but you don't need to pay the extra to get the protein powder because like i said i could actually get better nutrition by adding in whole like real foods and then by adding in the grain or the starch you get that carbohydrate needs that you really need in terms of energy and fiber and B vitamins and iron. There's such a really important bit about having a starch or grain at all of your meals.
So, Celeste, I hope that answers your question. And I'm sure I'll hear from you if it doesn't. (laughs) I would really love to answer your question. So if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what, I want to know more about this, or I have some other question about my relationship with food or my body, come on over to my website, shiftnutrition.com, and click on the Art and Science of Eating podcast page. And you can submit your question right there on the page. There's a little video ask bit there. Um, So I look forward to hearing from you and I will see you next week. This podcast is for education and information purposes only. Please consult your own healthcare team to discuss what is right for you and your care. 